This is Anya. And this is Manju. And we are back. We have already shared with you several installments covering Myanmar since the February coup. And today we are sharing a special episode, another piece about this country. Last month, our team in the Netherlands had the opportunity to speak with three of the filmmakers behind the project Myanmar Diaries, which is a new documentary that details life under the Tadmada regime. Yeah, I'm really glad that I got to see it. Um, I had heard a lot about the movie before going to watch it and was really, really excited to be there. I really liked watching the movie because of the variety of perspectives and lives that it would show. Basically, it would show you the kind of everyday life in Myanmar at the moment and the the day-to-day -day negotiations that people have to make. But the movie itself was really striking and it had uh, very uh, vivid clips of street protests, but also of uh, mothers being ripped away from their children, from their families, being taken away by police forces and by the army. Um, but there were also beautiful love stories. Um, I remember one that was really striking was of a woman who's found out that she is pregnant. Um, but she struggles to tell her partner, who is considering joining the People's Defense Force, which is the civil disobedience movement in Myanmar, that felt very human, and it humanizes people that we could so easily uh, kind of turn a blind eye to, and um, it gives a face and a voice to a crisis that uh, is, I think, quite underreported. In this episode, you will hear the voices of Utopia producers Sarah and Mario, who join Manju in interviewing our guests. The filmmakers have had to remain completely anonymous since their escape from Myanmar and are constantly relocating for security reasons. This was really an impromptu opportunity and our team jumped at the chance to talk with them in person. And this is why the sound quality of the piece is a little shaky. We of course didn't really have the time to do a proper audio setup. We only really had a short window of time. They had to leave the next morning to go on to, I presume other film festivals or continue their, their work in other places. And it was had this sense of urgency. Uh, we'd met them the night before at the movie screening. And um, then the next day we had breakfast with them. We got some bananas and croissants from the grocery store and we recorded it in um, in a room in our university they were so candid about their lives and work here's our conversation uh, so you you all belong to the to the Myanmar film collective how is the collective organized it is not even an organization at all so we do not have chairman or treasury board or anything. Basically, it's just a very, very loose group of like-minded individuals mm -hmm. who just want to make a film about Burma in the mm -hmm. present situation, really. Uh, we also have uh, our deck support from, you know, uh, other people. Uh, yeah, uh, also we did have uh, like three or four filmmakers who ultimately had to drop out of the project for various many reasons. Uh, one of the reasons being that their neighborhood was no longer safe to uh, film anymore. It's a very loose group and uh, there's no membership stretch out anything. Basically the main, uh, the only thing that we got concerned is the trust issue. So can you be trustworthy? You know, can he be trustworthy? We have to first decide because mm -hmm. if he or she is a little politically compromised, we would not uh, invite that mm -hmm. person to begin with. And so how did you guys connect to each other at the very beginning? Some of us already knew each other uh, for a very long time, but some of them, some of us were just mere acquaintances. But the good thing is that, as he said, you know, the community is pretty small, so we all knew each other. So we knew at least like who to trust and who not to trust. Mm -hmm. We know at least that much. 
So, uh, so as the project keeps going along, and then, like I said, uh, four of the filmmakers had to, you know, uh, like, uh, had to quit for various reasons. So, uh, we had to recruit like uh, new people on supplementary stories and images. And how would you characterize kind of like the filmmaking scene in Myanmar prior to the coup? and compare it to now because I can imagine that it's gone underground or you have to operate in different ways. Early on we just we just go out on the street and protest. We don't know we don't know what are we going to shoot and uh, you know. And then um, you know it's it's on 21st the military took um a uh, uh, there's a the first victim from that day on the shooting is uh, starting to escalate and then and, and, uh, the situation got worse and worse so the movie uh, there's some footages that uh, people running around and you know protesting and that time we can shoot outside a little bit um, you know uh, we have to take a security measure but just two or three months later there is there's no there's no way shooting outside because that time military started uh, specifically target people with camera the press helmet uh, even with the phone because they knew that people um, at that time people were um, collecting evidence because that time we were requesting to UN to provide us with the responsibility to protect force or mm -hmm. to be force yeah by the time we 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 got the idea and by the time we start filming, we just have to make up the stories which mm -hmm. we could, um, uh, which we could shoot inside just inside our home. There's some trust issue. That 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 time, many uh, military informants and are uh, everywhere. You know? uh, so okay, so uh, the only location that we have is is our home. And where do you think most of the motivation or the inspiration came from for these stories? Because each part of the film is really different, or or. Uh, examines the coup and examines the experience of being in Myanmar in a very different way. So maybe for you personally, what um, what most inspired you to, to create? Okay, uh, for me personally, mostly uh, fear about losing someone you love. And uh, I think it's the most um, motivation that I have. And then of course the responsibility because um, everyone is doing uh, um, whatever they can to contribute to the re revolution. So, um, as a filmmaker, I, I can't just sit inside the home and, you know, um, so, yeah, responsibility and then uh, fear. Um, actually, I, I don't I don't feel much uh, that much um, fear of kind of. Uh, myself actually I don't mm -hmm. mind dying uh, but, but I don't like people um, that I uh, love uh, mm -hmm. die before me some of the stories obviously are fiction and fictionalized right uh, but what I can tell you is that uh, all the stories are either based on true story or pretty autobiographical um, when I start when I started the project and there's much more situation getting worse and worse and I, mean, I don't see any media outlets reporting the our situation and at the same time I'm not a journalist but uh, anyway 
I I I start doing what I um, I think I am good at. And um, when I'm thinking about the story, I feel like um, this is only thing I have left right now because I already have lost my job and I have nothing left and I have nothing to lose but family. So we have to show the world. I feel like we maybe it's a little chance. I don't have this big dreams or something for this film, but I, I just want to show people how the families are suffering, how families have been experiencing. That's my, I feel like this is my responsibility. I, I want, when I'm thinking, I want empathy from, from people from what we are suffering. I want uh, some action maybe. Mm -hmm. So so that's what mm -hmm. I thought when I'm making this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean the uh, the CNN lady Clarissa Ward, she actually came to Burma to cover. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's only you know during the first two weeks of the protest though. Mm -hmm. uh, so but after some really brutal crackdown began there was really no foreign mm -hmm. journalist yeah. left as much as I know, mm -hmm. and they probably and they also arrested a uh, uh, American journalist, uh, Danny Faster, I mm -hmm. think. Uh, what media was he working on? Yamandao uh, or something? No. Friend Frontier. Frontier, yeah. So he was only uh, released like a few months ago. Mm -hmm. So he was in jail for almost a year. And the military was deliberately targeting the journalists in some other countries. If you are wearing a breast jacket, that means you are mm -hmm. safe, right? Uh, actually, even in Russia, like uh, when they were having a protest a few, a few months ago before the Ukrainian invasion, the press were able to walk quite freely. Uh, in mm. my opinion, because police would leave, leave them alone. Mm. But in Burma, it's totally opposite. If you're wearing the press jacket, mm -hmm. they, they came straight to yeah. you. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, not just starting now, actually. Uh, in 2007, we have a saffron revolution led by Moss. And, and if you uh, guys know, there's a documentary called Palma VJ, and there's a famous clip by the citizen journalist that when the when the gun started to shooting and he was uh, he was uh, shoot, shooting a crowd that dispersing and then bang and then someone with a camera just just mm -hmm. fall down and that that guy happens to be a Japanese mm -hmm. so the military thought it's just another Chinese Burmese guy and he they, they just targeted the every guy with a camera actually mm -hmm. yeah yeah and also um, we've we've been seeing citizen journalists archive uh, uh, ethnic uh, news media that have uh, been reporting about the atrocity military have been committing, like airstrike and and the uh, tentland in tentland let's say Chin State, right? Yeah, it's it's a a town. Big, it yeah, a big town, a big city. Yeah. They just burned down the city, and also we saw it in the news. People sharing in the media mm. how sad they are, how they want to be, to to donate those people, how they want to help those refugees, and you know, but um. We didn't see it in the international media outlets. Mm -hmm. We didn't see because just today, yesterday, there is the same situation happened in Pauk, Penala Pauka. 
It's in the central Burma. Yeah, Bok, and yeah, they also burned down the the city. But there's no Indonesian media outlet. And the and the national media is is controlled by the regime at the moment, or. What does the national media cover then in this case? No, nothing. Nothing. Everything is fine. Everyone's happy. Okay. And then how do citizens um, share this, 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 these videos that they're filming? Is it through certain uh-huh. social media networks? or? We use Facebook. Uh, uh, 90, 80% or 90% of uh, internet usage in Burma is Facebook, sadly. <laughs> we, I, wanted to, I wanted that to change. But uh, for now, uh, clips are here, uh, is, you know, widely circulated on Facebook. Mm-hmm. But uh, Facebook is banned in Burma, mm-hmm. so we had to use VPN. And mm-hmm. uh, military Honda already wrote, wrote a law that VPN is illegal. So mm-hmm. if, you, if, you find, if they find VPN on your cell phone, you will get three to five years in prison. There's already a law for that. But okay. the, thing is that, the funny thing is that even the militaries had to use VPN because they still use Facebook for mm-hmm. their propaganda purpose, right? Mm-hmm. So they are not even following their own rules. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, so for now, Facebook is basically our news uh, biggest outlet right mm-hmm. now and uh, of course if you are interested the democratic voice of burma chinduin news c-h-i-n-d-w-i-n also myanmar now uh, mm. these are very reliable source yeah. uh, of information in burma uh, with english language as filmmakers uh, by filming you're gathering evidence that can be used in legal frameworks uh, do you think that the work that you're doing can provide evidence for court cases at like, the ICJ? I'm sure ICJ and ICC and also the UN mechanism, IMMC, I believe, uh, for sure, they are already uh, gathering uh, photographic and uh, film evidences since day one. So I'm very sure they are much you know, more resourceful than us. So I'm sure nothing will be missed, really. In fact, in the very beginning of the coup, IMMC announced that, hey, if there is a evidence of atrocity, please send it to us. And they give mm. the signal number, right? So I, I kept sending all these, like, uh, whenever, fa- uh, you know, so some stuff, some really bad stuff happens uh, that I saw on Facebook, I was sending them the links. And finally, they sent me a message saying, please don't send us Facebook's links. We, we, we have them already. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> and also as a filmmaker our job is not to not to collect witness but to uh, make people aware and care about us mm-hmm. so that's our main job mm-hmm. yeah. you know the news footage we can see it all the time and yeah you know, people it's just facts and it's just information mm-hmm. and you were um you know, you will you will feel horrible, feel horrible, terrible, and then that's that's it actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is this is what the the journalists do. You know, they 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 try they have to inform the media. But as a filmmaker, we mm-hmm. have to make them feel people feel mm-hmm. um, reach what, out to yeah, people hearts. emotionally, yeah. and uh, we, we 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 need to tell um, show them what we have been what we express mm-hmm. and then. And then um, you know that's uh, um, I I don't think uh, when I tell you that you guys in the audience but uh, uh, you know a, a documentary he's a famous documentary uh, filmmaker uh, Michael Moore from America uh, he's he's he was sent uh, set in the I think it's it's in a magazine he said uh, um, uh, 
he said, stop teaching people. The, two, the documentary filmmakers, of course, he said, uh, stop teaching people and stop inform people in your documentary. Stop, stop lecturing people. Your film will be boring and then people will go home and forget all about it. But if we can reach out people with emotionally, <clears throat> we, are, we are very hopeful that our film uh, will attach to the people and then uh, we can uh, uh, expect some uh, uh, reaction. That's kind of a people power. To shake and reinforce a perception is a firm's job, I think, mm. you know, rather than to inform and do lecture. And kind of on that point, what do you think are the biggest um, differences in people's perceptions of Myanmar or, or lack of recognition and actually what's happening on the ground? Or how is the situation right now in Myanmar um, as you perceive it? Uh, well, okay, this is the thing though, of course, uh, very unfortunately, you know, when Burma has become very politicized uh, uh, by Rohingya issue. So when people talk about, hey, Burma, you know, they immediately think about Rohingya, right? But the thing is that as important as that issue is, it is also a fraction of the problem, you know? Rohingya issue is just a fraction of the overall problems that mm -hmm. is happening in Burma because all the other ethnic minority groups, they have been suffering the same treatment just like Rohingyas, but uh, because of the lack of media coverage and because of the scope and skill, you know, uh, they have been basically either ignored or uh, basically ignored by the mainstream media. Burma has been a very strange, strange country for the last uh, 16 years really because we have the longest running civil war in the world but in the main central region where Burma-speaking people live, it's peaceful. And that's where most tourists go to, mm. right? So well, most so tourists go there and they see that it's very peaceful, beautiful country with like really wonderful people. And I must admit, most of the Burmese people, including us, have been very ignorant of the... I'm not included in that. Oh, okay, <laughs> I say most. <laughs> we, were, we were spoken out enough. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's the truth. Yeah, okay, just yeah. you know, uh, the, uh, most of us have been very ignorant about uh, what well, it's not that we don't know, it's just that we refuse to explore, mm -hmm. we refuse to, you know, like uh, 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 we we fail to speak up mm -hmm. what's happening in the uh, uh, ethnic areas, including the Rohingya, right? And also, when uh, so like when all these things are happening, so there's a big huge uh, like a conflicts and burning villages going on all around us. In the center, we are having a little party. So during the last ten years, so in so-called democratic transition, same thing. Uh, ethnic areas were burning by the military, uh, getting you know uh, uh, burning with all the like uh, fighting, and the central area was prospering because of all this like uh, opening up opportunity thanks to the democratic transition. So there's always this like very uh, bipolar aspect to it. Mm -hmm. That's what Burma has been like for the past 60, 70 years. And good thing about this conflict, this coup is that uh, the whole country is now burning by. You know, the whole of the brutality is now being committed in every single corner of the country, mm -hmm. right? In, even including in the cities. And all our eyes opened up and mm -hmm. we thought, shoot, we have failed to explore 
what's going on around us. We have been very ignorant. We have been, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, sleepwalking. And so the unities have never been stronger among the ethnic groups right now. So, so would you say that the the violence, the inter-ethnic violence that was there before, has ceased a little bit, and there's been more solidarity between the groups at the present moment? You know, if it were a Disney movie, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, right, mm-hmm. like, you know, it's like Avengers, you know, like mm-hmm. everybody unites <laughs> against Thanos. Mm-hmm. In reality, it's a little bit challenging. Mm-hmm. Still, they are still friction between certain ethnic groups even among the same ethnic groups they are like two or three different factions with different interests so it's not exactly a perfect unity against Mm -hmm. Thanos Mm -hmm, you know but that said they now have a a very clear idea who the common enemy to topple and groups are like uh, collaborating and cooperating with each other Mm -hmm. more than before Uh, I'd like just to to go back a moment You, you, you said don't include me in, uh, why most of people are not aware of the, the conflict, of the tension behind Burma, and some of them are. <laughs> How to say? Um, in 2012, ah, sorry, I can say my history, sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry, I can say, I can say. Okay, what I think is mainly because of the education we got, mm-hmm. because, um, we have this education where we have to uh, memorize every every context and every text, and when in the test we have to just rewrite, and there is no thinking involved, no discussion involved. The teacher say it, we accept it, we just write it down. And yeah, we've been trained like this since we are young in the kindergarten and, and after e- even graduated. So, this kind of like education system is forcing people to, um, uh, not forcing, it's kind of like uh, people have uh, this habit to follow mm-hmm. one people without no question asked, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing that happened. People just blindly follow the leader, but they, they have and no religion. questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and mm-hmm. the religion, but they have no questions or what you know, in the reality. That's yeah, we don't we don't know how to question someone. Yeah. Mm. Actually, yeah. Mm. They, this is that what that what they been do to us mm. uh, for many, many years mm. to many generations. So, you know, someone something is happened, someone says something this we said, okay. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. also in Burmese culture it is very rude to question an elderly person. Mm-hmm. Someone who is older than us. And and like he said this this revolution this uh, this crisis in Myanmar as a positive way is kind of become a cultural revolution mm-hmm. why shouldn't we question uh, 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 that someone elderly or, or someone with authority so yeah it's kind of uh, open our minds and mm-hmm. eyes as well mm-hmm. and also in the in our revolution before there is a this culture that um, a long, about the Longji, can you a, a little bit tell about it? I'm not so good at English, the Longji well, revolution, uh, remember? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, our, hmm, our traditional belief is that women are inferior to men. Mm-hmm. So some very conservative Burmese actually even 
predict this much farther by saying women's garment is impure, especially the the ones that will be worn uh, below the waist, mm. so like skirts mm. or surround. Uh, we call it longji in Burma, mm. Burmese. Mm. Yeah, tame in Burmese. Mm. And sorry, what are you trying to say? So yeah, <laughs> there is this revolution that um, what. Oh, the soldiers, they stay afraid of this uh, longji because they feel if when they go under this longji, they feel they, would, they have a bad luck, right? Or they lose the male superiority. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So in the revolution, people, people try to, you know, hang it in the in the uh, above the street yeah yeah mm-hmm. above the street mm-hmm. in order to uh, you know protect themselves mm-hmm. so the soldier they really afraid of that they just they don't pass under it wow. they just mm-hmm. uh, uh, they how, how to say uh, and, they rip uh, them off first. yeah they okay. just rip them off one by one mm-hmm. yeah or well, some of them do not even rip them off with the hand because it's, it's so yeah, got impure, right? Yeah. So they they use the bamboo stick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and also there are many youth involved, and they the some male they how to say? Oh, they said like as you know as part of the oh. cultural revolution, even males are like demonstrating women and men are purely equal. Yeah. Look, I'm gonna demonstrate. Yeah. Give me your underwear. Give me your toe, uh, yeah. tame, and then they would uh, mm-hmm. uh, they put it on the uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, head like a bandana. That's a good thing, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. I was also really struck in the movie by the by the loud sounds like of the beating of the of the tin. So if you could speak a bit about that, where did that come from? I it's a traditional thing. This is a majority Buddhist country, so it's eighty-seven percent. So every household, we believe, if impure, the evil spirit attaches itself to the to the to the house. Um, and as a Burmese, the, every house, every tree, grass, even grass, street, um, they have a spirit and, and guardian spirits, uh, uh, you know, inside. Just by banging the hot pots and pans. Mm-hmm. Uh, we drive away the spirits, and also we have to um, recite some mantra, mantra, mm. mantra yeah. to to to. So it's kind of a a, a, a traditional thing, mm. and uh, I don't know who started this uh, idea, and, and and when the revolution, when the coups happened, we consider the the military and especially Miao Lai as an evil spirit that attached to the country, we're trying to drive them out in a way of a symbolism. So mm-hmm. the whole country is in at 8 o'clock, which is the time where the evil spirit uh, starting to um, appear. Every 8 o'clock, we, I, actually we done that for two, three months every night. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, uh, we, um, we light a candle and then uh, bang some house opening the, the revolutionary song. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the root of this cultural revolution? Mm-hmm. Like, why are people changing now? I think face uh, uh, popular culture is uh, part of it because uh, before 2010, internet access was severely restricted. Only rich people could install Wi-Fi and their uh, SIM card will cost about how much? like $1,000 or something like that. Mm. Only after 2010, when transition to democracy happened and, uh, you know, free markets uh, started to open up, we are only able to use the stuff that you guys could use every day 
so it mm-hmm. became affordable to us. So that uh, a lot of ideas, a lot of liberal ideas, a lot of popular culture, uh, you know, started to uh, come into the country more than before. And of course, also the uh, a lot of Western ideas came in uh, thanks to like opening up of you know like open society and mm-hmm. like all the other like Western uh, uh, philosophy teacher coming into the country to disperse those. Uh, uh, Western ideals. And so these 10 years have been wonderful in that aspect because it opened up a lot of eyes. And how do you do you think that the movie is part of this cultural revolution? Hmm. <laughs> well, um, I just like to believe that uh, our movie played a very small role in uh, popular culture because we use a lot of popular cultural reference, you know. Uh, uh, like, uh, for example, a woman having a tattoo mm. uh, as recently as, what, six, seven mm. years ago, that would have been quite a- acceptable. Mm. But now, at least in the cities, it's totally okay for women to have a tattoo. Mm-hmm. Smoking as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Okay, and that was a big motif in the movie. Mm, yeah. Smoking, yeah. <laughs> we promote smoking. <laughs> and also, you know, uh, uh, we just want to show the world that, hey, we are just like other kids uh, mm-hmm. in other part of the country. We mm-hmm. enjoy watching American TV show. Mm-hmm. We enjoy watching Netflix. Mm-hmm. We enjoy uh, rap music, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. uh, because when, uh, because this, uh, especially... Uh, in Western, most Western countries, I think America is the worst. <laughs> uh, you are Canadian, right? Okay, yeah, I was like, don't right. look at me. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, because they have such narrow uh, perception when it mm-hmm. comes to other countries, you know. China is all about bamboo and banda and chow mein, you know. <laughs> Cuba is just about Sega and like uh, salsa. And Burma is just about very good. Uh, if not about Rohingya, it would be about very conservative, very gentle people who are wearing still wearing traditional attire on the street uh, and going to pagoda every day. And the people are so gentle. In fact, one Polish professor who came to Burma to teach told me that he is so surprised there is rap music in Burma. Mm. I was like, why? He, he said, but rap music is very angry, you know, it's very mm-hmm. urban. You Burmese people are very gentle Buddhist people. How can you guys like rap music? And such it is coming from a professor from the Western country. So, yeah, we just want to, uh, to tell the people that we are really not different from average mm-hmm. Dutch or Canadian or American or Australian, mm-hmm. you know. We just want what you guys have, mm-hmm. which is freedom and uh, individual uh, uh, liberty. Mm-hmm. So I saw in the movie a lot of like this symbol with the three fingers together and I remember watching The Hunger Games as a kid and seeing the same symbol. Another and I, popular culture. Another popular culture um, symbol. So I was wondering how, how is that appropriated into, into your movement? No, actually it was started in Hong Kong actually. Yeah. We, we just take it from Hong Kong mm-hmm. because with Hong Kong, Taiwan, Thailand, Thailand uh, also Thailand of, uh, as well because the, the, the coup is much uh, uh, happened earlier than us and they are already using the signs mm-hmm. and uh, um, uh, we have this call, kind of uh, called Milk Tea Alliance. They, they also stand in uh, solidarity with us because of course that's with also Thailand, Hong Kong, 
on the Myanmar coup has happened. So yeah, we in Southeast Asia and the Asia region, <coughs> we use this sign to um, to basically uh, it's like a, what do you know against the dictatorship, right? Because that's oppression. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also wondering um, what types of international solidarity. Um, you as activists and filmmakers also hope to see or expect to see from uh, people uh, across the world, uh, especially around young people. I'm, I'm interested if, if students can do anything specifically um, for Burmese youth and for the Burmese people. Um, yeah, there um, there's a website that you can donate to the refugees because they are, they are getting more and more because our military is conducting airstrikes uh, against many uh, ethnical areas and regions so you can go and donate and also the PDF people defense force mm-hmm. are fighting for to protect their families right mm-hmm. so okay if you want to uh, uh, donate to them. It's mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. And can do you add? You want to add something? Well, when we were protesting, we actually borrow a lot from Hong Kong protesters mm-hmm. uh, during the you know Umbrella Revolution because mm-hmm. they have such practical tips like how to put off the tear gas and you know how to uh, the, the way Hong Kong protesters they would actually set up a barricade like in the city block and they would actually defend the police from like advancing farther uh for a while we were doing that it was before more brutal crackdowns uh happened mm-hmm. uh you know when soldiers were still trying to be, still pretending to be nice uh so we we got a lot of practical tips from uh student protesters mm-hmm. from hong kong and we learned a lot from them yeah, for a while it was very useful, you know, not anymore, but, you know, it was great. So now we are having a revolution of our own that is not happening in other countries like Hong Kong or Thailand, which is now armed revolution. Uh, if I don't, I'm not instigating anything, if there is some sort of like just armed revolution in mm-hmm. some other countries, maybe uh, they can learn something from this uh uh, this uh, PDF People's Defense Force movement out mm-hmm. in Burma, and of course, I'm very sure uh, they are all willing to share information. Mm-hmm. Oh, and also, of course, like uh, other student groups can, you know, uh, raise awareness in their own campus, mm-hmm. right? So, mm-hmm. in any way possible, yeah. What's your next movie? Well, we all have different plans. <laughs> well, for example, just oh, I already told you off the record, I plan to make uh, a short film in uh, Thailand because there are a lot of uh, exiled Burmese actors uh, living in Thailand right now and uh, I I am I already have a treatment for a long feature length film about a girl who is uh, trapped in an apartment during this uh, during the protest so I hope to make it uh, one day so that's my plan mm-hmm. And on also as a collective, we <clears throat> we started this uh, this platform. We are planning now, and we are talking to a lot of uh, producers and uh, uh, festival director organizers that that um, <clears throat> um, we would like to still encourage people inside, not just people, uh, uh, citizen journalists, um, uh, filmmakers, 
uh, aspiring filmmakers to keep uh, 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 making these movies and and um, we would like to uh, welcome uh, uh, these footages to 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 the platform mm. and the, the platform is open access to the world mm. of course because that way you can uh, as you mentioned that we are um, we would like to also um, build a kind of a video library about the all these uh, video evidence uh, 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 with uh, with the details uh, where, what it, where does it happen when is it happen and then and then uh, the platform will be served as the uh, the stepping stone for the filmmakers inside Myanmar if they couldn't do any uh, you know uh, because of the electricity problem or a or the material problem uh, they just send the footage and then we will try to um, make uh, 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 combine these uh, uh, like Myanmar diaries and then so that we could we could keep on continuing making film about Myanmar so this is kind of what we are been planning for now mm. and so if someone or some uh, organizers directors are interested we they could also they could always uh, you know uh, contact our uh, producer which is we have a, a website called uh, MyanmarDiaries.com uh, also MyanmarFilmCollective.com is online uh, like three weeks ago at the Dutch premiere of Myanmar Diaries so yeah we did um, the international communities could also help out with that so that uh, you know the movies are keep coming out the electricity cut is um, and uh, uh, pretty severe in Myanmar right now so we could uh, uh, maybe help helping out with them uh, for example phone data so that uh, a little bit more of money to buy the uh, phone data you know they need some uh, uh, internet to send the material back so mm -hmm. yeah this is what we are being planning to do and uh, yeah also as a personal project we we prepare our uh, feature length uh, script as well so yeah we we have to keep on doing because mm -hmm. we are outside there is uh, much uh, artistic freedom mm -hmm. but Disadvantage is that we couldn't we couldn't uh, make uh, a shooting inside Myanmar. Mm -hmm. I have my next project that will be. Um, yesterday, some journalists asked me that uh, if um, you will you remain anonymous or not, you know. Maybe I will be because now I am outside, so I can do freely as as you know I can have. You know, I can show my face to in the next project. I mean, so don't know yet, but I uh, I will try to tell the our story to the world. Mm. That because there are many, you know, neglected stories, of course. So I will tell them. Well, thank you so much um, thank for speaking with us. Thank you so and much. And please send us to the <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> So what we're going to do is um, send you the recording before we edit. Thank you so much for listening. We definitely encourage you to check out the Myanmar Diaries film. To stay up to date with our podcast, you can follow Utopia on Instagram, on Facebook, and on LinkedIn. We'll see you next time.